We spent some time reporting on this story. We should have spent a lot more time because this could be the most consequential thing to happen to this country, to this world, maybe ever. In June, the United States government is set to release a public report on everything it knows about UFOs. Lou Elizondo is the former head of the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. He's been on the show a number of times. He just spoke to the New York Post about what that report will show. According to Elizondo, we will find an intelligence failure on the part of the U.S. intel community on the level of 9-11. The last time we had an intelligence failure of this country, a major one, uh, which was 9-11, it took us almost three years to come up with the 9-11 commission report. Okay, it takes a long time. Um, let's just go down the rabbit hole here for a second. Let's just assume this is some sort of adversarial or foreign technology that several decades now has managed to leapfrog us and evade all 18 members of the intelligence community, despite our best human intelligence, signals intelligence, imagery intelligence, yada, 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 right? Um, that would be an intelligence failure uh, that would eclipse just about anything else this country has ever faced, um, especially if this has occurred for decades, that there's a foreign adversary that can put a nuclear warhead within moments over Washington, D.C. Okay, that's, that's a problem. Yeah, that's a problem. And too few have considered it from that perspective. Nick Pope is a former Ministry of Defense official from the UK and perfectly positioned to answer the obvious question, which is, why didn't we see this coming? He joins us now. Nick, thanks so much for coming on. Um, I thought Lou made a very solid point, and I'm embarrassed I hadn't thought of it before, which is this is, among other things, whatever these objects are, a potentially very grave threat to nation states. So where was the intelligence community in warning about this and learning more about it, where were they? Well, that has to be answered, absolutely. I mean, we are under siege. It's like there's a war of nerves going on. And uh, if, if this was drones belonging to a foreign adversary, there would be an absolute outcry. And yet, the situation we're in, that we don't know what these things are, and they might even be extraterrestrial, that's worse. So I agree with Luis Elizondo on this. This is a potential catastrophic failure of intelligence. And if it happened because skeptical bureaucrats were just saying to themselves, it can't be, therefore it isn't, then there must be a reckoning. So you say, and, uh, and that is such a, a great point and, and nicely put, but you described it as a siege. Give our viewers who don't follow this topic closely a sense of the magnitude of data coming in about these encounters. Yeah, I, I mean, this is absolutely extraordinary. And every day it seems like new information drops, things that the public and the media weren't told. So, for example, former director of national intelligence John Ratcliffe just threw into the conversation the other day the fact that the satellite imagery of all this and some of the speeds being reported seem to blow the theory about foreign drones out of the water. We must be told what's going on here. And we should think of this upcoming report to Congress as an intelligence assessment of the phenomenon itself and one that's long overdue. There are a lot of these. This is not like, you know, some drunk guy in a rural road in northern New Hampshire saw something weird. I mean, this is the U.S. military regularly, very often recording these objects. 
Yes, absolutely. It's pilots, it's radar operators, it's satellite data, it's measurement and signature intelligence. There's such a lot of information now, so much that the U.S. Navy has instructions for its pilots on what to do if they encounter these things. Now, I think as we go into May, in the run-up to this report going to Congress, there's going to be a lot of uh, things going on behind the scenes, a lot of politicking, jockeying for position, factions uh, trying to, to kind of have their say on this. I anticipate more leaks of information, photos, videos, documents. Uh, there's a lot more to come here. Nick Pope has been on this for so long. I appreciate your steadfast commitment to answering obvious questions. You know, what is this? Thank you. Good to see you. Welcome to The Machine, everybody. I am your host, Mario, along with my co-hosts, Jeff Rowe and Lee. Journey with us into conspiracy theories and the unexplained. Hello and welcome back, everybody. I am your host, Mario, along with my co-host, Jeffro. Um, we are remote. Jeffro's out there doing the good deed, you know, transporting back and forth. That's what he does. Uh, we rely on him a lot. Uh, this topic is, we, we've, we've covered this topic before in the past, but we're going to do it now because it seems like there's so much so much has been unveiled recently with this topic, and this topic is UFOs. And I'm going to call this one UFOs. They are real. And the reason why we are titling this episode is U- as UFOs, they are real, is simply because we are being told directly by our government, by the very, uh, the very entity that's been covering up this, these, these different uh, unidentified flying objects, for so long, I mean, we're, we're talking decades. They're finally coming out since, gosh, it's more so since 2017 when the Tic Tac video got released. And we're being told now, yes, they're very real. They're very real. Um, it's a technology that nobody has any idea on how it operates, how it works. It, it's like magic to us. They've, they've said numerous times that it's uh, these vehicles are intelligently flown. So one of the things we learned from this specific video, this tic-tac, quote-unquote tic-tac video, is that uh, these uh, UFOs or UAPs or USOs, or however you want to call them, and we'll get into the differences here in a little bit, is that they move at such various speeds, breaking sound barriers without making sounds the speeds that they make in making 90 degree turns would just obliterate, obliterate any kind of human manning this, this vehicle. As far as we know with any technology we have, I mean, I, I could be wrong. You know, maybe this is a technology that would protect a human inside of it to make, but we don't know. This is something we've never seen. This is something different different countries have come clean and said, Hey, listen, this isn't ours. We don't know what this is. And now your government's coming out to you and telling you, yes, after all these years of you laughing at your neighbor and telling him he's crazy for thinking that these things are real or claiming that they've seen one. Yeah, they're real. So 
Jeffro, you, you've done some digging on this. We, we we both have really, and we've been following this one closely. And and like, like I said, this is the the reason why we're talking about this now is because I think we are on the brink of finding a lot of truth out. And and we, I sent you a video recently of somebody. Uh, what was his name? Uh, Lorenzo. Um, Louis uh, Louis Elizondo or Louis Elizondo. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Did I butcher that one? Um, <laughs> anyway, he works. Uh, what does he work with? ATIP? Yeah, he was the head of the ATIP program, which stood for Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. Through the Pentagon. Uh, for the, well, it was it was a military program uh, that was set up uh, by the Pentagon to right. investigate some of these things, um, even though we have been told that the military wasn't interested in the ufo subject going all the way back to the 70s uh, imagine that your government lied to you when does that happen right <laughs> right um yeah so i mean after all these years if you're not buying into certain things if you can't buy into the very idea at this point if i talk to somebody out there and they say oh well i don't buy into that why well because the government has been telling us it's not true it's not if you can't fathom for a moment that your government has been lying to you on anything after so many times that they have come clean to, to say to you on different occasions with the media with with ufos with any and everything almost everything that we're told from our government anymore is just a complete lie it's been a lie for whatever reason doesn't matter i don't care what the reason is i don't care if somebody thinks that it's for the better of humanity i don't think if it's I, I don't care if it's because they don't think that we can handle it's not up to our government to decide that we are the people we are in power not the government so when we are constantly lied to and the first person that i talk to about these things and i kind of shake their head or roll their eyes i'm gonna be honest with you it, it kind of irritates the hell out of me because it's like Really, of all of all of the information we've learned in the past and of how many times your government has lied to you, I don't care if you're for the right or for the left, doesn't really matter. Your government lies to you. It's a shit show. So now we're being told, hey, these things are real. And from what I understand, we're going to find out a hell of a lot in the next month of June from what we're being told. Right in June. So, yeah, just to, to summarize my, my point of view on this real quick, um, you're right. Um, these things are real and and the thing is there's been a, a long long history of denial right and and the reason why we wanted to do this version of ufo podcast is because i'm somebody that can get into the ethereal side of the ufos and and i like going down that path just like i'm sure some of our listeners like to but we wanted to bring some legitimacy to the subject. And the reason why we have the opportunity to do that is because now legitimate information is finally coming out. So um, that's what we wanted to kind of investigate here. And, and listen, um, whenever you're talking about the government lying to us, it's a practice they have perfected. Okay. It starts all the way at the very beginning with the campaign trail. What people do to get into positions of power is they tell you what you want to hear. Once they obtain that power, 
then they go ahead and they do whatever it is they want to do. So again, like you said, um, to think that the government doesn't have, you know, ulterior motives, <laughs> that that would just be someone that was extremely naive and wanting to bury their head in the sand. But I don't think we're speaking to that type of audience. I think a lot of the people who are interested in the subject matters that we are interested in are ones that are searching for truth. And to that point, um, to, to kick this off with some legitimacy, re legitimate reporting, um, there were some reports that came out approximately uh, seven, eight months ago um, that there was a UFO commission within the office of the Naval Intelligence. Okay, And in an interview with the New York Times, there was an astrophysicist, and his name was Eric Davis. He worked as a subcontractor and a consultant with the Naval Intelligence Commission since 2007, okay? And now he works at Aerospace Corporation, okay? And he claims that he gave a classified briefing to the Defense Department and their agencies as recently as March, okay? And in this briefing, he talked about retrieval from, quote, off-world vehicles not made on this earth. And then he continued to give the briefings to the military departments of other retrievals and unexplained objects to the Senate Armed Services Committee on October 21st in 2019. And then two days later, he gave the same briefing to staff members of the Intelligence Committee. So here's an astrophysicist who has everything to lose, right? Uh, he's still gainfully employed. He's been a consultant with the military since 2007 with the Naval Intelligence Division. And he comes out in an interview and claims that he's given classified briefings to segments of our military. And in those briefings, he talks about off-world vehicles not made of this earth. That's very, very interesting. I mean, we're talking about vehicles and, and I understand that, but, and, and you're absolutely right. Our audience, the people who do listen to this podcast or any other podcast like it. And I've always said this before. We're not conspiracy theorists. To me, we're critical thinkers. What happens? And, and I understand, you know, we don't want to, this isn't something where you go back to the person who, who called you a quack or, or, or a loony or, or what, what have you before you, you don't go back to them and go neener, neener. Look at this. They're real. No. My thing is I want to see the public learn from something. Let's learn from this. Let's not be so dismissive of things because when we are dismissive of things, we we could have been so far we could we could have learned this you know about these things 20 30 40 years ago well this is and, a perfect example of what we try to reach on this podcast right this goes right. directly to the conditioning that your oppressors place upon us and they they hide it under the guise of for your own protection all right and like you said if this information was freely available to the public, 
how much further technologically could we have been if this information has been, you know, available to the military for 60, 70 years? Well, I mean, I look at the bigger picture of that and, and not just speaking technologically. How about the acceptance of, you know, one, we are not alone because clearly these craft got to be, they've got to be driven, you know, whether, whether or remotely at least intelligently, or, right. right. Remotely. It, 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 maybe these aren't manned by biological beings. You know, maybe they're, they're probes and they're something like that. Right. I mean, we, we send the Mars rover to Mars, right? It's exactly remotely done. But that being said, this answers the question. I mean, make no mistake about it. Your government's coming out and telling you and has been telling telling it to you. And the, like we were just talking about, the only mainstream media outlet that I've seen cover it would be Fox. And that would be Tucker. And how many people have made fun of him for covering it? And here we go. Well, Fox and Friends is doing a, a, some some reporting on it too. Fox and Friends, um, okay, right. But but, um, it, but even they're they're not as serious as Tucker. Tucker takes it as a real legitimate oh. sort of inquiry, right? So, so here we are. We are not alone. I, whether it's interdimensional, whether it is galactic beings or whatever, however you want to look at it, we are not alone. So. That is pretty much, I mean, not pretty much. That is exactly what your government has told you. Yes, these are real. No, they are not driven by any any type of human entity. These are right. and, planetary and base. foreign. Right. You did touch base on uh, the fact that in June, there's going to be some uh, disclosure. Uh, I don't know. To, every, to the height, from what we're told, right, in the video, and I'll play the clip, but to the height of... Uh, how did he say it to, to the height of a security failure as big as nine 11, but Luis Alizondo made that claim. Yeah. You yes. know what, what I was unaware of, and obviously this is also something we've talked about when, when we talk about getting bills passed and legislation passed, it's, it's rarely just a single subject matter that gets passed in those bills. Well, part of the COVID relief bill actually had, an amendment within that bill that is forcing the military to they're saying within a time of reason but they're talking about june like you were talking about june june july where there's going to be significant disclosure of this aerial phenomenon so come summertime you ready? Sometime this next summer, summer. If you think all of these recent videos that have been released, there have been photos of spear-like, pyramidal, uh, silver objects during daylight time from cockpits of of uh, pilots. There have been uh, here recently videos of upside down, down pyramidal shaped UFOs. Um, what was the one recently uh, that was transmodal? Is it was that the term they used, where it was flowing through space or air just as easily as it was transporting through water, as yeah. if there was no propulsion system? That like was it was the, going through water just as easy as it was going through air. Yeah, that was the upside down pyramid shaped. They were triangular. There were multiples that created the upside down pyramid shape, and it was that's the one they were talking about. 
Okay, well, there is also a spherical, uh, a spherical uh, UFO. U, uh, recently, USO. USO, or, right. Well, they claimed it was a USO because it disseminated down into the water right. and they looked for debris and they couldn't find it. And by the way, that's what makes a UFO, a USO, aquatic. It goes under the ocean right. and up out of the ocean. Right. And, and they've even said that there's going to be some disclosure, which was interesting, of finding uh, radar uh, radar identification of USOs from submarines, from nuclear submarines, stating that they had found objects coming into radar and out of radar several hundred mocks several several hundred mocks speed wise um i know i'm not you know articulating that correctly but you know something traveling through water which water has a lot of resistance more so than you know obviously our atmosphere so the fact that it can travel several mock uh several tens of a mocks or you know 100 mocks that goes to make you question there's no way this is terrestrial technology. One of the questions I've always had is, you know, and you and I've talked about this was why now? Why? Why now? Why has it been you know, since since the government come out with, yes, UFOs are real, which was what, back in 2017? I think it was. Well, with the release of the Tic Tac and uh, Lieutenant right. uh, Fravor, I yeah. believe his name was. Um, I've, I've heard some people talk about like uh, was that Jeremy Corbell? the mm-hmm. guy who did the Bob Lazar documentary, um, him and, and Greg Knapp, they've, they've done a lot of work with disclosing a lot of this information. He, in an interview once claimed that the reason why this information is being disseminated now is not because the U S government wants to, but because there are some other governments that are possibly getting ready to release large dumps of data and the u.s government doesn't want to be caught with their you know pants down saying you know how come you don't have this information right or there there's some speculation that the u.s government is doing this not of their own volition it's almost as if uh, there are going to be entities and and independent releases of information and they're trying to get ahead of it. In July of 2019, the U.S. Navy filmed and photographed a spherical-shaped UFO and transmedium vehicle in the Combat Information Center of the USS Omaha. The new footage is unclassified. Still images of that footage were included in May 1st, 2020 of an unidentified aerial phenomena task force intelligence briefing as seen there on 60 Minutes and released by Jeremy Corbell. So no wreckage was found and no craft were recovered. Investigative filmmaker Jeremy Corbell himself, he joins us now to discuss that footage. Jeremy, let's lay out exactly what this footage entails and some of the questions that arise around the behavior of the vehicle that was, what was seen there on that radar. Yeah, so what we're seeing is a true UFO. And in fact, what's so interesting about this footage is it has now been confirmed by the Pentagon that it is actual Navy filmed footage. So you're seeing a thermal imagery. The the shot was taken at 11 p.m. at night. This object appears to be transmedium. It appears to be descending into the water from the air without destruction. And in fact, there were uh, attempts to recover wreckage or to find this vehicle under the water 
by a submarine and it, they were unsuccessful. So really what we're seeing is astounding footage of an unidentified, a UFO mm -hmm. that is spherical in shape and, and large in mass, and it is going into the water. And that's why you hear splash, splash yes. as it's being recorded in the uh, command center. And you included there, Jeremy, in your information, the exact coordinates. As you said, a submarine was sent after this, no wreckage and more. Now, we saw some immediate explanations around weather balloon and more. What do you make of some of that pushback? You know, actually, um, I haven't been reading social mm -hmm. media. I think that when people look at something with very limited understanding, they can easily jump to these kind of ridiculous conclusions. And it's, again, it's very myopic and it's incomplete. I think people will find very soon that there are multiple sensor systems picking up up to 14 objects at one time swarming this Navy ship. Yeah. So if people are talking in that way, they're just talking out of school. Right. And so, Jeremy, let's explain for context there. and We can actually see the vehicle in, in terms of what you released. Why does the transmedium element matter here in terms of discussions around propulsion systems and more? Yeah, this is so important. If what we are witnessing is a true transmedium vehicle, a vehicle that can penetrate that barrier between air and sea or, or air and space without destruction, then we're looking at a propulsion system that is so far advanced, it's beyond next generation technology. So we're probably looking at, and what it is theorized is we're looking at, is a gravitational propulsion system, a non-reactionary propulsion system. Everything we know, you push something back and that's how you go forward. These craft, particularly things like the, the Tic Tac craft, they, they seem to be operating on a, on a different set of rules than what we have an advanced technology. And if that's the case, we need to know. Yeah. And Jeremy, all of this is in the context of you and I are talking the night after 60 Minutes aired a special which has brought this topic in order to wide viewership, possibly in an audience which, you know, is hearing some of it for the first time. Do you think that this is going to spur some renewed calls in order to release some of the information, some of the unclassified information specifically that you've been referring to, you've been reporting on so much more over the last several months? And what else can we expect? Not necessarily from you, although I'd love to hear a hint of that as well, but what else can we expect? of what we know that the Pentagon has but have been unable to see? Well, you, you can't put this back in the bottle now. And I think that's so important. You know, as I like to say, people's uh, curiosities have been weaponized. They, they're asking for, for answers at this point. They're no longer going to be passive consumers and observers. They're demanding answers. And that's what we're seeing with the Senate Intelligence Committee asking our intelligence agencies to provide the American public and global public the truth about UFOs. And if that truth is we don't know where they're from, we don't know who operate them, and we don't know their intent, then we have a duty to find that out. So what can we expect? Well, as you can see, there's been a sea change. From me, I'm going to help push that ball forward. Absolutely, there's more footage. Mm -hmm. what, what you can expect from the global public is people are now asking the right questions. And that's the first step that we have to getting towards the truth. That's exactly right. Thank you so much for all the work that you do on this, Jeremy. We really appreciate it here. Thanks for joining us, sir. Thank you. Mm -hmm. More Rising for you right after this. Well, going, going further into it, like I said, you know, we're told now that there's going to be this huge explosion of information and uh, being released in June in June that'd be next month in June uh, right. whether it be June July sometime I'm not sure uh, some people are saying as early as 
you know, the beginning of June, June 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, whatever. Right, but, it could be end of this month, right? Right, and we don't know. We don't know what this information is. We talked about the Tic Tac video when the government first came out and said, yes, these things are real in 2017. That was a video from 2005. So what don't we know? Right. And even what it we're about to learn. Really right. right. And even, even what we're about to learn may not be all of, you know, all of what's out there. And who knows? Next month, we could get video of actual extraterrestrial beings outside of the, these vehicles. Um, you know, I'm going to go back to the Eisenhower Treaty. You, whether you believe it or not, there could be something to validate that here. We don't know what it's going to be. It, it could be more videos of more UFOs, but the way they're talking about it is it's going to be some next level shit. Well, the acceleration of information, right? The acceleration of information. It, if you were to tell a tale of what David Fravor uh, experienced going back 15, 20 years ago when he first experienced that, he would have never been able to come out. And then here we go within the last four years. If you think what you've seen recently has been astronomical, like in my opinion, the night vision uh, evidence of the upside down pyramidal UAPs or UFOs. Because again, we don't know if if we're not necessarily saying they're manned by, you know, biological entities, but even if they're just drones, these things were fascinating because they were not using propulsion. You know, traditional propulsion. There wasn't any ejecta, and they were moving and rotating in manners that just was unexplainable. That to me has been the most clear most believable footage and if anybody out there is interested in seeing this footage if you haven't already it's you know easily available out there on youtube and, and the internet in well, my estimation posted, it's some of the best yeah video i've ever seen and i will post it to our uh, our wix website definitely will post that that video uh yeah we were talking about the uh the video you were just talking about the video of the upside down pyramid and how you know how it was working because and like i said with a, almost every one of these crafts i don't know if there is one outside of that but i'm going to say every one of these crafts they're silent they're they are 100% silent they move so fast they break sound barriers without making a sound and what can do that well right with our technology are, you would hear right you would hear something sorry i cut you off i apologize no, that's fine, but, but but we were told by Bob Lazar that this technology did exist. The U.S. government had been working with this technology from extraterrestrial crafts that have crash-landed. Right, And recovered. he had his... Recovered, right. Recovered, which, which is bound to happen. He's right. saying he's had his hands on, you know, these... Uh, uh, what do you call them? I don't want to say engines, but the uh, gravity propulsion devices that are in these things. Right. So what this thing does, if you can wrap your mind around it, it bends gravity. It manipulates gravity. Now think about that. And we just we just did an episode on uh, time travel. We did episode right. on Hollow Earth. Right. And we've we've come to you know the conclusion with what we were talking about in ways to time travel would be on the cusp of. Uh, a black hole where gravity bends. Well, what if 
these vehicles can bend gravity safely to teleport just in and out like wormholes like they create their own wormholes and then thinking about that i go back to skinwalker ranch where they've said hey we've seen these things open up and you know make a tear in space in time like like a wormhole and just pop out and pop back in Right. Well, speaking of wormholes, I mean, I don't know how far you want to go down the rabbit hole here, but um, there was a uh, NASA scientist. Okay. So this NASA sponsored physicist that worked at the University of Iowa named Jack Scudder. He was a plasma physicist. He was studying the magnetic fields of the of Earth and, and anomalies in space. And right at the point where the earth's magnetic field was interacting with the sun's magnetic fields he was noticing these really strange anomalies and nasa does what nasa does they explore they so they uh designed a a satellite or some sort of uh, object to go ahead and uh, explore this what was called an x spot and when they went ahead and they investigated this spot and, and flew this you know apparatus into this x spot it found that the material that it was recording matched this the material in the atmosphere of the sun. So somehow it transmuted or transported 93 billion miles or something along those lines to what they assumed was the atmosphere of the sun. And these X points are extremely volatile, right? Mm-hmm. And they've had a hard time reproducing this, this same sort of uh, activity. But again, there you go. You're you're talking about transporting trans, uh, materials and creating what basically are these miniature black holes, which was something that CERN was interested in trying to create through the particle accelerator. So again and again, the subject matter of these black holes and, and the, the possibility of black holes being sort of the key to interstellar travel and, and things along those lines, it recently seems to be a subject matter that keeps popping up quite a bit. I'm trying to wrap my mind around it. I know it sounds difficult, and you know those of you who are out there listening to me right now are going, well, come on, Mario. You know, you've, you're speaking on it. You've got the answers. Well, no. <laughs> No, we don't. Yeah. We don't. No. We we just know that we're being told yes, yes. These uh, extraterrestrial, well, maybe not extraterrestrial, but uh, extraterrestrial. We'll say extraterrestrial vehicles, whether they're manned or not manned, or you know, flown ex- by extraterrestrial. But they're not of this world. We're being told that they're real. Right. They are real. So when I see one mainstream media news coverage on it from a, uh, you know one outlet it makes me question and wonder you know not so much question and wonder but i understand it but why isn't why aren't people taking this seriously like i know i've seen these uh, stories these new stories of it being released and you know people share them online or whatever um unfortunately i am on social media i i can't stand it it's <laughs> But I, I keep it because we do the podcast and our and our our website. It's not um, you know when it's not in Facebook jail constantly. 
you know, I have time to share some of this stuff. So um, it makes me wonder when I see people share these things, there are so many other people out there that are just laughing at it. Like, why are you laughing at this at this point? Okay, now we're being told, yes, these are 100% real. Your government has released that confession, we'll say, that these things are 100% real. And you're laughing. Well, and, and I, I believe the answer to that question is the fact of the conditioning, and it's been going on since 47 since the, since the Roswell crash and because of that people are just indoctrinated to the point that there's no way any of this can be real um, I uh, referenced an interview with you um, with a gentleman by the name of Ryan Grimm he was he's an investigative journalist um, and he, he's a participating partner on one of the shows that we like to watch uh, the hill and 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 Covering some of this subject matter, he made the point that the most fascinating thing about this subject matter that he proposes is the fact that he can't believe it. <laughs> and that self-awareness was really insightful, and one of the reasons why I follow that program is because they analyze their true feelings and, and they look at subject matters on both sides of the fence. And what he was saying was… He finds it hard to believe even if an alien were to walk up to the podium at the White House with the president and be introduced. Psychologically, he still would have a difficult time believing it, and, and that goes to the idea that that's why people are laughing about the subject matter because they've been told to laugh at the subject matter for decades, and as a result of that, it's gotten to the point where… Just like any other bit of information, whether it's foreign technologies or, or you know um, UFO technologies or you know our government isn't doing anything wrong, you know these goes to this goes to all the subject matter. This ha is how our government operates. They demonize something, demonize something, demonize something, so that way whenever they go to release it, people don't even believe it. You know this is part of that conditioning, brainwashing part of that propaganda machine part of that hey this is this you know this is the uh, modus operandi this is the mo of how we operate you know at least at the level of government whenever it comes to disseminating information that they're not comfortable with releasing they're real we're told they're, they're real. real and and to go back to your point quickly about why now, right? Why now the release of this of this information, and, and you know, the proposition that I, I proposed, whenever I said, I don't think the government has any choice at this point. One of the setoff points not only was the Tic Tac video that was released by the New York Times, but if people out there remember this name, Amua Amua, uh, which was that cigar-shaped comet that came into our solar system and was claimed to be the first foreign object that didn't originate in our solar system. Um, one of the interesting things about this, this uh, asteroid that even scientists to this day cannot explain, um, and Dr. Avi Loeb, 
I believe that's how you pronounce his name. Um, he had an interview that I saw. And first off, an interesting thing is the observatory in Hawaii that named this comet when they discovered it, named it Oumuamua. And what's interesting is the name Oumuamua in Hawaiian is equivalent to the word scout. Almost as if it was like a almost like a rover, right? Like we do, like we sent to Mars. But uh, what was interesting, and the reason why they think it's a artificial object is when it came into the gravitational field of the sun, it didn't operate like any other celestial body would it, you know, it would be attracted towards the sun and basically be brought in by the gravitational pull of the sun. It actually create not accelerated, but reacted like a, a push away from the gravitational field of the sun. And the only thing that Dr. Avi Loeb, one of his, uh, one of his thoughts as to how that would have been about or been produced was uh, something called a light sail right or a solar cell where the closer the object got to the sun there was some sort of natural uh cell like you would you know collect energy from uh wind and it would push you away well they were saying the brighter or the closer they got to the sun the brighter the light got and it actually pushed the object away which lends itself to an artificial object or, or artificial intelligence or or you know in you know, an intelligence period. And then it exited our solar system. So it didn't act as a natural heavenly body, which, you know, got him some shit at the time. But again, in 2017, along with the Tic Tac video, maybe this was uh, an event that kind of scared the, the inner workings of the government saying, hey, listen, you know, more of these objects are going to start coming into our atmosphere or into not our atmosphere, but into our solar system. And, you know, there's going to be an acceleration of these events and we got to get ahead of this. So I don't know, maybe, maybe that's the reason why now, maybe that's why, maybe there's something coming on the precipice that the inner workings know about and they know they got to get ahead of before they actually release the information. Maybe there's, I don't know, maybe there's a 10th planet coming into our solar system that we're soon going to be able to detect with regular telescopes. My friend, are you talking about Nibiru? <laughs> or uh, maybe Marduk or something along those lines. Okay. I I'm just saying, I'm just trying to put you know one and one together, and that's a subject matter that we're going to maybe uh, touch base on later. But yeah, there's a little taste. But that's sort of, you're asking why. So if we're going to critically bring that question to the table why is there going to be an acceleration of information that can no longer be denied but i go back to a speech that i remember seeing from stephen hawking whenever he was talking about extraterrestrial life form and whether or not it is it is in fact present here on our planet or if they're making contact from another planet he goes and he goes something along the lines of saying you better hope that they don't come here and they're not here because if they are, they could do whatever they want. 
right? I think I, be, I believe right. I said this before in a, in a previous podcast, but I wonder if that, I mean, well, I don't wonder. Obviously, that, that is a factor. There is a fear factor there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, then you talk fear about... Fear of the unknown. That's human nature. Right. Then, then you talk about uh, Dr. Was it Stephen Greer, who was saying, oh, Stephen you know, Greer. Who, yeah, who makes the claim, hey, listen, you know, this is about to happen. You, all this disclosure is going to happen. We know it's going to happen. It's your government who's going to demonize these beings, that they're actually kind and, and um, friendly and, and forthcoming to helping humanity. And it's your government. Your government's going to turn on them to gain the upper hand, which I, I find a lot of. I don't buy into that one as much. I don't. And um, be, be, well, for one reason, because you, you could sit here and you can make the claim on maybe one race, you know, maybe maybe one race of beings who have been visiting us. But he's making the claim on all these other different races. You and I have watched the documentary uh, Encounters of the Fifth Kind. But he makes the the claim on all of these different races of beings and saying, hey, listen, they're all friendly. And it's like, well, you're telling me ah. every one of these races are friendly. And you well, know, and through MJ-12, yeah. we, we've been told that there's what the government knows, and it's been disclosed that there is possibly up to 12 different extraterrestrial races that we've got, we've got tabs on. But that was... That was wasn't your, that wasn't your government coming out and telling you yes this is real okay not like now, that right. was okay we've uncovered some of this documentation it's been redacted 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 redacted, <laughs> right if you can imagine yeah we disclosed it it's all redacted no well you didn't yeah it's one um, big black magic marker yeah it's one big black magic marker but now they're not there's no magic marker. I think we're seeing these things more often than not now because people, you know, we've got the world at our fingertips. Like I was saying before, you can take a photo, you can take a video, you can take a picture, whatever. People are seeing these things. Maybe we're consciously coming into a different type of awareness around us to where we're able to see these things. What if they've been here the whole time? And we just, you know, we've been dumbed down by our government into not seeing these things. And then recently, Again, people right. were more opening up to it. Well, and it goes to that whole uh, observer effect. Whenever you talk about the double slit experiment, I mean, yes, you exactly. Know, two people, two people standing side by side. One person, you know, they're in the woods, you know, camping. One person sees a cryptid like a, a Bigfoot, and the other person is looking at the same, you know, space and, and doesn't see it, like. Uh, one person is more open to the thought of something like that. So therefore their mind can, you know, interpret what they're seeing. Whereas the other one is so blind literally to, to the possibility that even though the thing's standing there right in front of him, he doesn't have the same experience. And that goes to what we're talking about here with the UFO. It, it, this goes to maybe the subject, and I know this term has kind of gotten you know a bad rap recently, but really what we're talking about here is we're talking about what's called the quickening, right? The the acceleration of the development of our of, of the human species, and like you said, maybe that's why this stuff is coming because you're getting more people exposed to this reference material, more people exposed to you know small podcasts like this, and and people and larger podcasts and people that are finally 
disseminating this information on mainstream media areas like you know Fox and Tucker, um, the more we're exposed to this, you know, the more viable it is that it's happening. So that that could another again be another reasoning for the quickening or or the quickening and the hasty uh, release of information from the government. Again, I, I don't really think maybe the government really wants to release this information because information is power. Well, that's that's a question also. I mean, let's assume that they do. Let's assume, I mean, they've kept it a secret for how long? And more so now than ever, it's going to be harder to do with the technology that we have available to every every human on the face of the earth, right? But let's let's entertain the idea of, okay, what's about to happen now that you feel that, yes, open up the floodgates, let the information out. What's about to happen? Because right. let's, let's, let's think about this. Okay. Let, let, let's die. Let's journey a little further down a rabbit hole here. Let's hypothetically say, okay. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this to the listeners and, and listeners do please do pay attention because you know, this is, you know, we're not, we're not taking this with a grain of salt. We are taking it seriously as everybody should. Okay. So when, you hear somebody out there talking about it or whatever, share a podcast and tell them, have a listen and educate yourself because these people, they're taking it serious. They're covering it. Yes, we are. What happens? And let us let me throw a hypothetical. Now, this is a hypothetical. This isn't me telling you this. This is actually what's going to happen. This is a hypothetical. But let's, let's okay. say with this new information that we're about to receive and what we're told we're about to receive in the next month, what if it is... What if it's the information of the Eisenhower Treaty? What if what if it is that type of information? What if what if we find out that we are being visited and our government has been working with these visitors? What if we find this kind of information out? This would rock everybody every man woman and child on the face of this planet to the very 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 core well i, I to go down this rabbit hole with you i want to reference something that um i came uh notice of was a uh, there's a researcher by the name of richard dolan okay and, and i'm i'm going to paraphrase this story that he gave um uh, it was an interview that he did with a gentleman by the name of George Norrie. And in this in this interview, he was asked, Richard Dolan was asked, uh, did he really think that all the presidents were aware of the actual subject matter of aliens and, and alien craft and whatnot? And Richard Dolan said that he had somebody that was a confidant high up in to you know the intelligence program of, of the United States military. And he said, uh, without giving too much information of who his source was, this is what his source said. He said that Clinton and Bush, so this was, I believe this interview was on before Obama, but Clinton Bush was not, and the second Bush was not entitled to this information. Because they weren't career politicians. Again, remember the second Bush or Bush Jr. W. You know, uh, he wasn't a he wasn't a super long career politician, right? His father was. His father was director of CIA and all this and that, right? Reagan was a long term political guy. 
even whenever he was back in Hollywood, he was a very political guy. Um, even Carter. And he said that Carter, Reagan, Nixon, um, they all knew. And, and the first Bush all knew. And this is what's interesting about the story was that he referenced whenever he disclosed this information and uh, briefed Carter. The story goes that Carter was visibly shaken at the end of the briefing, and he yes. had his head in his hands shaking. What would shake a president to that degree? Yes. Yes, I heard. I remember seeing a documentary on this, and I remember hearing the story exactly as how you told it just now so fascinating and i asked the same question yeah what would shake him to that degree and and beyond that what would make him go on in 1969 georgia governor and future u.s president jimmy carter claims he witnessed a ufo there have been numerous attempts to explain the sighting some have speculated that perhaps what Jimmy Carter saw was some type of weather balloon filled with helium. But aspects of the sighting don't fit the weather balloon theory. Carter's sightings, filed at NICAP and the UFO Bureau, describe the object changing color. It was the size of the moon, moving bizarrely through the sky before it disappeared. Oh, Jimmy Carter, the governor of Georgia, graduate from Annapolis, is really only seeing a weather balloon. A weather balloon? Are we back to Roswell in 1947? Weather balloons don't change color. Weather balloons don't hover. Weather balloons aren't that big. This was big. They rise and they don't stay in the sky. Jimmy Carter didn't see a weather balloon. At the time, there is no official explanation given for what Jimmy Carter saw. Even though he can't prove it, the experience of the sighting stays with him. Jimmy Carter is running for president and he's asked on the campaign trail, Governor Carter, will you tell the truth to the American people about UFOs? And Jimmy Carter says, yes, I will. He's going to reveal the truth. In 1977, when Carter wins the presidency, he directs the CIA to release top-secret reports on UFOs and extraterrestrial life. The CIA refuses. Just flat out say no to the president, that's really something. Carter tries another way. Jimmy Carter asks the director of Central Intelligence, George H.W. Bush. Mr. Director, can you tell me what the CIA knows about UFOs? And George, consummate professional, says, Mr. President-elect, you have no need to know. The CIA has denied the new president permission to release top secret information to the public surprises people to find out that the President of the United States doesn't have access to everything. The UFO secret is a higher level of top secret than you, even though you're the commander-in-chief. But something mysterious happens. Just as it seems a standoff is on the cards, 
Carter makes a U-turn, retracting his promise to declassify UFO documents and make key reports public. He cites a serious threat to national security as the reason for backing down. President Carter never mentions the word UFO again. It sounds suspicious, but there are some very sensible reasons why you don't release sensitive national security information. NASA astronaut and test pilot Hoot Gibson has been involved in projects like these. I do know as a test pilot that we have very highly classified projects that are flying, and I'll say where they're flying from. They're flying from Area 51. We know that this has been going on for years and years because such airplanes as the SR-71 Blackbird, uh, the U-2, uh, the stealth fighter, the F-117, those all started life up in that area and flew from that spot. I would be very surprised if we don't still have secret, top secret, military prototype aircraft flying from there. Could such top secret projects really justify shutting the president down? What we know is just a tiny fraction of what's really out there. So without a NASA investigation into that sighting, we're never going to know what Jimmy Carter really saw. For now, this secret remains unexplained. Well, maybe there's a reason why he, some people say that he didn't really, he ran for a second term against Reagan, but it, there's some indication that he really didn't have his heart in, in, in reobtaining the office. And, and not only that, the story goes that Carter was so shaken by this information that the people who briefed him basically came up to him and said, hey, listen, if you even think about going to the public with this, we might have to pull a Kennedy on you. Right. So that goes all the way back to even what because, was the real reason for the assassination of Kennedy? Well, was it, Kennedy it, it was on the books. Was he about to come? He was. I, right. I truth. I, I to in the deepest, deepest center of my heart. I believe that's one of the reasons why he was assassinated. He, make no mistake about it. I honestly very, believe very it was possible. our government that assassinated Kennedy because Kennedy was about to, and how I, what I believe, blow the lid off of this whole thing. And I believe as well, that's why Marilyn Monroe was assassinated. And if you don't believe Marilyn Monroe was assassinated, go back and listen to our yeah. podcast. <laughs> but Almost again, like all this stuff is kind of coming exactly. together again. <laughs> exactly. We're, we're getting this information and it's out there and nobody's talking about it. Nobody's talking about, well, certain people are talking about it, and eventually it's going to get to the point where you're not going to have a choice. You're going to see it on MSNBC. You're going to see it on CNN. You're going to see it on uh, ABC, CBS. You're, it's going to be everywhere. I, I truly believe that because you can only keep a lid on something for so long. It's like a boiling pot of water, right? You right, put the well, lid on it, it gets hot, and then yeah. it starts seeping. Well, now that it's you know it's seeping, eventually you know that heat's going to rise. It's going to knock that lid off, and here we go. Right. And and to reference the point of this, this June dissemination of this report that was uh, mandated as an amendment in the, the COVID relief bill, um, I, I believe – I could be wrong on this, but I think the person who initially 
disseminated this in an interview was uh, the former director of national intelligence with Tucker, and that was uh, John Ratcliffe. So here's another yes. guy who had uh, extreme uh, in, important position. Um, now, whether or not I mean, we're talking about yeah. a guy with a direct entanglement to this issue. Yes. Yes, exactly. It doesn't get I mean, any closer. We're talking about national intelligence, right? Right. Um, you know, and, and again, we're, we're trying to give levity to the subject matter, right? How about this? The former CIA director, John Brennan. Now, this guy, his name is, you know, he was – uh, he, he could be a questionable source because he was a liar on the Russiagate thing, but you know that goes into the whole politics. But recently, um, in an interview, he said something along the lines of, "But I think some of the phenomenon we're going to be seeing continues to be unexplained, and might, in fact, be some type of phenomenon that is the result of something that we don't yet understand, and that could involve some type." of activity that some might say constitutes as a different form of life. And that was something that was posted on, uh, what is this, Twitter? Or uh, Twitter by a person that he was interviewed by. So <laughs> again, uh, well, another like intelligence video. agency. Right. And it's like the videos that you and I have shared. I remember sharing a video of, uh, and he was even on uh, one of the one of the history shows, Ancient Aliens. It was Tucker Carl Carlson interviewing at that time what would have been President Donald Trump. I think the current president. He's you know you still got to refer to him as president whether you like him or not. Right. But at that time he was the current president, and he asked him, you know, what do you think about UFOs? Are they real? Are they not? And he just he goes, you know, I don't know. I can't speak on that. And he shakes his head forward, back and forth. Yes. You know, to make a yes motion. And then you shared a video with me again. And we've seen the same thing with uh, President Obama when he was president. It was somebody from CNN that was asking him, hey, you know, what about UFOs? Have you heard anything on this? And, and he just kind of nods. He goes, I can't say. And I'm going to leave you with that. And he just keeps nodding. Well, yeah, that was, that was the interview with Corbin, right? That uh, no, I, it was it was with a CNN anchor. Okay, all right. Well, there there's another video out there where Obama had a uh, sit down interview with uh, with Colbert. Oh, Colbert. Yeah. yeah, I think it was yeah, Colbert. Colbert. Yeah, okay, yeah. And it ba like you said, he he basically says, "Are there aliens?" And he says, um, "What was the exact terminology?" Which it was the exact terminology that was extremely interesting. He says, "I cannot say." Right. And Colbert's you know like, "Dude, I, I thought you were." Yeah, go ahead. No, 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 no. I'm interrupting you. Go ahead. No, no. I'm thinking, you know, Colbert kind of says, hey, listen, thought you were a poker guy. You know, you kind of tipped your hand there. If, if there was nothing to it, you would have said there's nothing to it. Any UFOs? Did you ask about that? I certainly asked about it. And? Can't tell you. Sorry. Okay. All right. I'll take that as a yes. Because <laughs> if there were none, Why you'd not? say there was none, right? <laughs> you just played your hand. I thought you were a poker player. You just want 100% showed your river card. Feel, feel free to think that. 
I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> That's so much there, that makes it, me happy can, to think that you won't say, tell me about can UFOs. Can I say it used to be that UFOs was the, uh, and, and uh, what is it, Roswell was the biggest conspiracy? Yeah. And now that seems so tame, right? Right. The idea that right. uh, the government might have an yeah. alien spaceship. So if you, if that didn't do anything for you, no, they didn't clearly come out and say, yes, there is. But if you could see the video, you could see them nodding, you could see their facial expressions, it's not... It doesn't take a rocket scientist. Well, maybe it does. Right. But <laughs> to, well, to, Colbert was kind of giving it as a throwaway question, and he was surprised by the right. response. Right. So, and that, and again, going back to what we were talking about, why this isn't taken seriously. Yeah, there you again, go. Yep. A, a piece of the media, somebody from the mainstream media. Well, yeah, mainstream media sitting here downplaying it, and then you know, all of a sudden, your president's looking at him, going, "Well," and he goes, "Oh, well." Wow. Well, wasn't me, right? expecting that as a response. Yeah. So, and for a little bit of context, I want to go ahead and, and maybe go back a little bit just to show our audience this isn't something that is real recent. I mean, you've you've had whistleblowers going back decades trying to get this information out. Uh, I'm sure everybody has heard of the former Canadian Defense Minister Paul Hellier and his release of information stating that. You know, the reality of UFOs and, and extraterrestrials and uh, some of his stories are, you know, they get kind of wild. But, you know, again, we're talking about legitimizing these people who are government, you know, trained employees and government trained military, uh, the Canadian defense minister. OK. Um, right, and, th- those, and I, those are government. Uh, those are government heads, right? Whether it be U.S. Right. or otherwise, these are government heads. These aren't just your average people who are seeing these things. Not to mention the South African school. Remember that whole incident? Uh, I can't remember oh. the name of the school. We, so yeah. many kids were talking about actually seeing terrestrials coming out of a UFO. All of their stories line up. We'll get into that later. But go, please go on. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, and you know, there's a lot of recent videos with Nick Pope who was a former United Kingdom defense official. Uh, and, and he, you know, he does a lot of uh, subject matter and, and content on history channel. And I think he's even on ancient aliens as well, but we're talking about a high ranking defense official from the United Kingdom, uh, you know, for our European listeners <laughs> um, and somebody else who hasn't really, I think gotten a lot of notification that I think, you know, should be brought up is a gentleman by the name of uh, general, uh, what was he? Uh, Colonel John B. Alexander. Are you familiar with that name? Uh, uh, if you're it not, has come up, but pl- please right. do enlighten us. Um, just quickly reading off of uh, some of the information online here. Uh, he was a United States Army colonel, and uh, for most of his career, he was an infantry officer. Um, he's best known for being a leading advocate for the development of non-lethal weapons and of military applications of the paranormal. He was. Uh, he has written and given lectures on the reality of UFOs, um, and he has characterized his career as being evolved from hard from starting out as a hardcore mercenary to being now a thanatologist. Not exactly sure what that is. Um, well, that's where you study Santa Claus. <laughs> Santa Claus. Okay. Then. Okay. Yeah, I got it. Possibly. Um, but Alexander, uh, Colonel Alexander. Uh, figures prominently in the journalist's uh, John Ronson's book, 
and uh, as a character in the movie, the men who stare at goats, which is probably where most people have heard mm-hmm. his name before. He was one of the men that were uh, in that. I don't think he was in the movie. I think one of the characters in the movie was based off of him. Right. And his it's related Channel Four documentaries, which examine the subject of New Age ideas influencing the U.S. military. And you know, this guy isn't no joke. I mean, he was a uh, in the Army Special Forces teams. Uh, he was in Thailand, Vietnam. Um, he's done everything from being part of the Army Intelligence Command in Arlington to uh, being a director of advanced concepts in the U.S. Army Lab. And he's, you know, he's got several PhDs and MDs uh, as in education and sociology uh, from Nebraska University of Nebraska. Uh, he was. Uh, sociology degree in Pepperdine University. He was an educational degree and then Walden University. He uh, took his PhD in education. So this is a guy who is a pretty serious individual, very well accomplished both in the military and in educational teachings you know, and philosophies. So you have somebody that has those degrees, those titles he's got a lot to lose to even broach the subject and he still felt compelled to go out and disseminate this information so again this goes to legitimacy of this ufo subject i mean i I can't remember how many names we've referenced in this uh podcast but this gives you know validity to what's going on here this this no longer can be a subject matter just laughed about and come june if if people are aware of this subject matter (laughs) if you're not let's let's put it this way if you're not aware of the subject matter you're not aware of these names you're not aware of the history of people trying to disseminate this information those who are not willing to at least entertain the thought if this information comes out in june and is as uh mind-shattering they're going to have a very difficult time adjusting to the new reality. Especially in the times that we're in right now, because with with the persuasion of the mind that the media has on top of social media, nobody wants to be wrong. Nobody wants to admit uh, they're wrong. Nobody wants right. to say, hey, well, listen, you know, and I'll use the, the previous president, you know, and even even the modern president there are still people out there saying that we don't have a a border crisis issue and we do and i'm not saying we didn't with the previous presidency because we did it's always been a big issue now that it's just it seemed to gotten way out of hand recently and people who follow or you know cling on to the narrative idea that you know this this presidential administration is going to make things all better when in fact it's, it's gotten worse. They're, 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 they're still defending it. There are some people out there that are, that are looking back who, you know, would have defended it in the past that are saying, wait, okay, no, this is, this is wrong. There's something wrong here, but that that's where we're at now. And that's one of the issues that we're going to have even going further into this. And I can foresee that easily. 
Um, like you were saying, uh, the one guy said, you know, a, a being could come out on stage with the president and say, yeah, you know, I'm Mario. This is, you know, we've been here for a while, yada, yada. And he's still not going to believe it. Right. At what point do you just say, hey, listen, maybe this is a possibility, especially when it's blatantly being told to you. And it's right in front of your eyes, it's right in front of your eyes, my, my eyes, everyone's eyes. These are real. The, the you know, this is happening. Right. I, I would even give one one more name for for the listeners to uh, mm-hmm. contemplate. Um, the former Israeli head of uh, space, the former Israeli space uh, lead, oh, yeah. uh, Haim Ished. Now, he come out with a lot of uh, conjecture uh, going as far as even talking about the Confederation, the Confederation of uh you know, universal confederation or something, but you know, it, it is important to, to mention that he's 87 years old. So he's probably got a very low threshold of give a fuck factor, which m- probably spur on his, uh, his motivation to come out with some of this information. Hey, I'm 39. Um, I have a very low give a fuck factor. Too. <laughs> right. But I mean, to, uh, not go too far into the stuff. Cause we want to kind of stay in the legitimate side. Um, he says aliens are, real they exist right and the governments know about it and they have been told to be quiet with the information and not disclose it to the general human population uh about the earthly what he said was earthly experiments and other subject matters such as the bases on mars so yeah, I mean, maybe maybe a little bit shaky on the information with him, but again, we're we're still talking about somebody who was head of the space program in Israel, right. which where do you put all this information, right? Well, I'll go back and I I'll mean, ask you this when you were talking about Carter being debriefed. Right. And, you know, the the him shaking hysterically, let's entertain the the idea that this is factual, and this is true. Okay. It's going to be more than just a vehicle that is going to shake someone to a core like that. It's one thing to tell people, Hey, yes, these UFOs, USOs, um, yeah, whatever they're, they're, they're real. These extraterrestrial vehicles are real, which at that point you're saying extraterrestrials are real. Okay. Some people it may shake to the core, but Carter was one of those people who believed prior going in who made claims of seeing ufos just like uh just like reagan did right and you know what i would even say this we're going on on the speculative side here and who knows some people might describe this entire podcast as speculative and that's fine but if there is a species out there right if there's only one like there's not going to be just one is my point is what i'm going to get to if there if there is extraterrestrial intelligence, to think that there's only going to be one type, one form, and to think that they're going to have one type of of motive, right? Right. Would be naive. So well, I mean, like the human race alone say, has right. ulterior motives. Right. So if you go down this road, if there are inter, you know intelligences out there chances are there's more than one species and you know who's to say that they all have the same motive 
who's to say they all have the same uh, idea of, of contact and whatnot. So, you know, like you're talking about with the Carter incident and maybe, you know, this goes to speculation again, maybe the information he was given is very disturbing. And maybe there are, you know, malicious or malevolent entities out there, right? Intelligence, but right. there are also could be benevolent ones as well. Right. And I go back to the hollow earth uh, episodes that we did right. whenever I made the, the idea the, th the theory that, you know, let's say that the Eisenhower treaty is true and, you know, like Phil Snyder said, yeah, it's true. Um, the problem is, is, you know, these, these beings are very manipulative. They don't, they don't hold their word. It's not true. Um, within his treaty, it was said that, you know, in exchange for technology that they were able to study us, you know, take us, put us back, you know, and, and that's where abductions come into play. Maybe this has a lot to do with the missing people that we've been seeing over the years. It could be. Um, maybe Possibly. they're not putting people back. Maybe that maybe this is a malicious entity that we're dealing with, and it's gotten to the point now where it needs to be addressed and eradicated, and that's why we're hearing about it. Right. Well, <laughs> I got a lot of different theories with that, but I, I don't know how far you want to go down with that. Um <laughs> Maybe we'll, maybe we'll touch base on it in, in a little bit, but uh, yeah, as far as you know, legitimate sources and and people high up in governments all over the world, uh, that's sort of where I'm at right now with the information that I have. And to be honest with you, any of our listeners out there that have been spurred on or your curiosity has been piqued, I'm sure you guys can come across a lot more. Uh, a lot more than just what we've, you know, discussed here in this, you know, podcast. That was the reasoning for this podcast. When you and I talk about things, it's to get people to think, to get people to ask why, to get people to do their own research. Because we don't want people to just listen to us and believe what we're what we're telling you, or what we're talking about Correct. as being truth. Find out. Okay, so everything that we've been talking about. There's there's so much gray around these facts that quote unquote gray <laughs> <laughs> right, around right. around these facts that we've been uh, we've been taught and we've been told about these UFOs or UAPs or USOs, um, but we're going to get into different things in the next episode. That's uh, it's going to kind of go hand in hand with this one, with uh, more so the theoretical side between you and I. And what we feel and what we think um, is going to be some of the some of the information that's going to come to light, uh, along with you know we'll touch more we'll touch base more on the Eisenhower Treaty and, and, and things like that, which kind of gives me to my own you know like I was saying theories and everything. But I understand you have some as well. Yeah, yeah, and that's what we'll do. We'll do a, and that's one will be a little bit more of a speculative. Um, and to leave the eyes with a little bit of something, it was interesting the subject matter that you were talking about whenever you were talking about the disappearances, right? The disappearances of whether they're possibly the children, right? What we talked about with the adrenochrome right. or, or possibly right. even uh, the abduction uh, phenomenon. And at this point, we don't know really what's going on with, with any of the subject matter. But 
we know it's a problem. We, I mean, we know it's a problem. Yeah, <laughs> that's what okay. we know. So going into the next one, I'm going to leave a little bit of, of maybe where I might be going. And, and that would be why all of a sudden is there an increase in USOs? There has been a huge increase since uh, a lot of this information has come out with more frequent interactions with USOs. Okay. Yeah. And, and we're talking about the exchange of biological material. Almost as if, if you remember the scene in Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom, whenever he was removing the idol from a booby trapped platform. You remember what he had to do? Yeah, he had to take some out to put some in. Right. He, I believe it was he put a bag of sand to replace the weight of the idol. Right. Exactly. Okay. So maybe that might be something we're talking about here. Okay. Well, uh, well let's hold on to that because it sounds like you've got an interesting theory here. And um, I have some of my own. I don't think we're that far off. All right, everyone. So right here, we typically sign off with until then, yada, yada, go on little sign off noise. But we've found that we knew that there was going to be an interview on 60 minutes. We didn't really know when, um, I guess our finger was off the pulse a little bit there, you know, with everything that, uh, we had going on in our personal lives, but, while we were recording this episode, there was an interview done on uh, 60 Minutes with uh, with a gentleman we were talking about earlier, Mr. Elizondo. So I'm going to insert the clip here for everybody who wants to, uh, if you missed 60 Minutes and, you know, I did, I don't watch. However, I do feel that this is a... Uh, very important subject right now. Um, it, it's earth shattering and in a way to speak. So I'm going to sign off here with the clip from 60 minutes. It is a bit of a long clip. So if you do have the time, please do listen. We have tackled many strange stories on 60 minutes, but perhaps none like this. It's the story of the U.S. government's grudging acknowledgement of unidentified aerial phenomena, UAP, more commonly known as UFOs. After decades of public denial, the Pentagon now admits there's something out there, and the U.S. Senate wants to know what it is. The Intelligence Committee has ordered the Director of National Intelligence and the Secretary of Defense to deliver a report on the mysterious sightings by next month. The story will continue in a moment. So what you're telling me is that UFOs, unidentified flying objects, are real. Bill, I think we're beyond that already. The government has already stated for the record that they're real. I'm not telling you that. The United States government is telling you that. Luis Elizondo spent 20 years running military intelligence operations worldwide in Afghanistan, the Middle East, and Guantanamo. He hadn't given UFOs a second thought until 2008. That's when he was asked to join something at the Pentagon called the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, or ATIP. 
The mission of ATIP was quite simple. It was to collect and analyze information involving anomalous uh, aerial vehicles, uh, what I guess in the vernacular you, you call them UFOs. We call them UAPs. You know how this sounds. It sounds nutty, wacky. Look, Bill, I, I'm, not, I'm not telling you that, that it doesn't sound wacky. What I'm telling you is real. The question is, what is it? What are its intentions? What are its capabilities? Buried away in the Pentagon, ATIP was part of a $22 million program sponsored by then-Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid to investigate UFOs. When Elizondo took over in 2010, he focused on the national security implications of unidentified aerial phenomena documented by U.S. service members. Imagine a technology that can do six to 700 G-forces, that can fly at 13,000 miles an hour, that uh, it can evade radar, and that can fly through air and water and possibly space, and oh, by the way, has no obvious signs of propulsion, no wings, no control surfaces, and yet still can defy the natural effects of Earth's gravity. That's precisely what we're seeing. Elizondo tells us ATIP was a loose-knit mix of scientists, electro-optical engineers, avionics and intelligence experts, often working part-time. They combed through data and records and analyzed videos like this. A Navy air crew struggles to lock on to a fast-moving object off the U.S. Atlantic coast in 2015. Recently released images may not convince UFO skeptics, but the Pentagon admits it doesn't know what in the world this is. Or this. Or this. So what do you say to the skeptics? It's refracted light. Uh, weather balloons. A rocket being launched. V Venus. In some cases, there are, are simple explanations for what people are witnessing. But there are some that that are not. We're not just simply jumping to a conclusion that's saying, oh, that's a UAP out there. We're going through our due diligence. Is it some sort of new type of cruise missile technology that China has developed? Is it some sort of high-altitude balloon that's conducting reconnaissance? Ultimately, when you have exhausted all those what-ifs and you're still left with, with the fact that this is in our airspace and it's real, that's when it becomes compelling and that's when it becomes problematic. Former Navy pilot Lieutenant Ryan Graves calls whatever is out there a security risk. He told us his F-18 squadron began seeing UAPs hovering over restricted airspace southeast of Virginia Beach in 2014 when they updated their jet's radar, making it possible to zero in with infrared targeting cameras. So you're seeing it both with the radar and with the infrared, and that tells you that there is something out there. Pretty hard to spoof that. These photographs were taken in 2019 in the same area. The Pentagon confirms these are images of objects it can't identify. Lieutenant Graves told us pilots training off the Atlantic coast see things like that all the time. Every day. Every day for at least a couple of years. Um, wait, wait a minute, every day for a couple of years? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't see an exhaust plume including this one, off the coast of Jacksonville, Florida in 2015, captured on a targeting camera by members of Graves' squadron. There's a thing. It's rotating. Oh my gosh. They're all going against the wind. The wind's 120 knots to the west. 
Look at that thing, dude. You can sort of hear the surprise in their voices. You certainly can. They seem to have broke character a bit. Uh, and we're just kind of amazed at what they were seeing. What do you think when you see something like this? This is a difficult one to explain. You have rotation, you have high altitudes, you have propulsion, right? I don't know, I don't know what it is, frankly. He told us pilots speculate they are one of three things, secret U.S. technology, an adversary spy vehicle, or something otherworldly. I would say, you know, the highest probability is it's a threat observation program. Could it be Russian or Chinese technology? I don't see why not. Are you alarmed? I, I am worried, uh, frankly. You know, if these were tactical jets from another country that were hanging out up there, it would be a massive issue. But because it looks slightly different, we're not willing to actually look at the problem in the face. Uh, we're, we're happy to just ignore the fact that these are out there watching us every day. The government has ignored it, at least publicly, since closing its Project Blue Book investigation in 1969. But that began to change after an incident off Southern California in 2004, which was documented by radar, by camera, and four naval aviators. We spoke to two of them, David Fravor, a graduate of the Top Gun Naval Flight School and commander of the F-18 squadron on the USS Nimitz, and flying at his wing, Lieutenant Alex Dietrich, who has never spoken publicly about the encounter. I never wanted to be on national TV. <laughs> no offense. So why are you doing this? Because I was in a government aircraft, because I was on the clock, and so I feel a responsibility to, to share what I can, and it is unclassified. It was November 2004, and the USS Nimitz Carrier Strike Group was training about 100 miles southwest of San Diego. For a week, the advanced new radar on a nearby ship, the USS Princeton, had detected what operators called multiple anomalous aerial vehicles over the horizon, descending 80,000 feet in less than a second. On November 14th, Fravor and Dietrich, each with a weapons system officer in the back seat, were diverted to investigate. They found an area of roiling whitewater the size of a 737 in an otherwise calm blue sea. So as we're looking at this, her backseater says, hey, Skipper, do you? And about that got out, I said, dude, do you, do you see that thing down there? And we saw this little white tic-tac looking object. And it's just kind of moving above the whitewater area. As Dietrich circled above, Fravor went in for a closer look. Sort of spiraling down? Yep. The tic-tac's still pointing north-south. It goes, and just turns abruptly and starts mirroring me. So as I'm coming down, it starts coming up. So it's, it's mimicking your moves. Yeah, it was aware we were there. He said it was about the size of his F-18, with no markings, no wings, no exhaust plumes. I want to see how close I can get. So I go like this, and it's climbing still. And when it gets right in front of me, it just disappears. Disappears? Disappears. Like, gone. It had sped off. What are you thinking? So your, your mind tries to make sense of it. I'm going to categorize this as maybe a helicopter or <laughs> maybe a drone. And when it disappeared, I mean, it was just... Did your backseaters see this too? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was four of us in the airplanes literally watching this thing for roughly about five minutes. Seconds later, the Princeton reacquired the target, 60 miles away. Another crew managed to briefly lock onto it with a targeting camera before it zipped off again. 
you know, I think that over beers, we've sort of said, hey, man, if I saw this solo, I don't know that I would have come back and said anything because it sounds so crazy when I say it. You understand that reaction? I do. You've had some people tell me, you know, when you say that, you can sound crazy. And I'll be honest, I'm not a UFO guy. But from what I hear you guys saying, there's something. Yes. Oh, there's, there's definitely something that, I don't know who's building it, who's got the technology, who's got the brains, but there's, there's something out there that was better than our airplane. The air crew filed reports. Then, like the mysterious flying object, the Nimitz encounter disappeared. Nothing was said or done officially for five years until Lou Elizondo came across the story and investigated. We spend millions of dollars in training these, these pilots, and they are seeing something that they can't explain. Furthermore, that information is being backed up on electro-optical data, like gun camera footage, and by radar data. Now, to me, that's compelling. Inside the Pentagon, his findings were met with skepticism. ATIP's funding was eliminated in 2012, but Elizondo says he and a handful of others kept the mission alive until finally, frustrated, he quit the Pentagon in 2017, but not before getting these three videos declassified. And then things took a stranger turn. I tried to help my colleague, Lou Elizondo, elevate the issue in the department and actually get it to the Secretary of Defense. Christopher Mellon served as Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Intelligence for Presidents Clinton and George W. Bush and had access to top-secret government programs. So it's not us. That's one thing we know. We know that. I can say that with a very high degree of confidence, in part because of the positions I held in the department, and I know the process. Mellon says he grew concerned nothing was being done about UAPs, so he decided to do something. In 2017, as a private citizen, he surreptitiously acquired the three Navy videos Elizondo had declassified and leaked them to the New York Times. It's bizarre and unfortunate that someone like myself has to do something like that to get a national security issue like this on the agenda. He joined forces with now civilian Lou Elizondo, and they started to tell their story to anybody who would listen, to newspapers, the History Channel, to members of Congress. We knew and understood that you had to go to the public, get the public interested to get Congress interested, to then circle back to the Defense Department and get them to start taking a look at it. And now it is. This past August, the Pentagon resurrected ATIP. It's now called the UAP Task Force. Service members now are encouraged to report strange encounters, and the Senate wants answers. Anything that enters an airspace that's not supposed to be there is a threat. After receiving classified briefings on UAPs, Senator Marco Rubio called for a detailed analysis. This past December, while he was still head of the Intelligence Committee, he asked the Director of National Intelligence and the Pentagon to present Congress an unclassified report by next month. This is a bizarre issue. The Pentagon and other branches of the military have a long history of sort of dismissing this. What makes you think that this time is going to be different? I mean, we're going to find out when we get that report. You know, there's a stigma on Capitol Hill. I mean, some of my colleagues are very interested in this topic and some kind of, you know, giggle when you, when you bring it up. But I, I don't think we can allow the stigma to keep us from having an answer to a very fundamental question. What do you want us to do about this? I want us to take it seriously and have a process to take it seriously. I want us to have a process to analyze the data. 
every time it comes in, that there be a place where this is cataloged and constantly analyzed until we get some answers. Maybe it has a very simple answer. Um, maybe it doesn't. For more on the Nimitz encounter, I felt the vulnerability of not having anything to defend ourselves. Go to 60minutesovertime.com. Sponsored by Cologuard.